A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. When was it love at first sight? No, Mary, life is a disappointment. Hi, and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy, and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Morning, Jen. Good morning. I have some housekeeping. Oh, okay. I want to recommend another pet on Instagram. And everybody better be following Lafayette Beetle. Oh, Lafayette Beetle. I mean, that's a given. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the other dog I want to recommend on Instagram is Prancer, the <laughs> Chihuahua. So Hannah, Wally's owner, sent me this thing, and she's like, I see that he got a home, and I'm happy for him, but I kind of want you to have him. <laughs> Because this this is my Chihuahua soulmate. Apparently, he he the person who was trying to get him adopted, like the rescuer, was calling him um, a Victorian child tra- haunting a dog's body or something like that. Like he, he hates men. He bites children. Like he's just yep. he only yep. likes women. He's crazy. He's like totally insane. He like will tear up an, like a cat. Like he is not okay. <laughs> Why didn't you take him? I didn't. It was. I did not become aware of him until he was already adopted. Oh, okay. Right. So, um, yeah. So he has he has a home in Connecticut now. But make sure because the rescuer had him on Instagram, but his 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 forever owner has him as um, Prancer the Chihuahua, and he has like seventy five thousand followers. So that's how you know okay. him. Okay, I'm on it. He's great. All right, Jen. So today we're going to continue our look at Little House on the Prairie, season four, episode sixteen. I remember, I remember. What do you think of that title? Stupid. Okay. Go on. <laughs> it's written by Arthur Hyman and directed by Claxton. Mm-hmm. The description reads, On a cold, rainy evening of his wedding anniversary, Charles is stuck in the middle of nowhere with a broken wagon wheel. Carolyn and the girls wait at home with a special celebration dinner all prepared. Carolyn passes the time by reminiscing with her daughters about her youthful beginnings with Charles. The, the title is terrible. Mm-hmm. So I have discovered there is an opening for like two dream jobs that I want. One is naming episodes of Little House on the Prairie posthumously. Posthumously. Just doing it, doing it now. Renaming them I feel all. like posthumously doesn't apply here because it's not dead. It's not dead, but it's yeah. after the fact. Okay. And the second dream job is selecting the clips that the singles or the couple see on Temptation Island. 
Oh, okay. That sounds amazing. You got oh quite my a career plan. Like, like you're just standing there waiting for somebody to fuck up or say something. Is or that there's back? a little bit of innuendo and you're just like, yes, yes, yes. And then Is you that, show it to the couple. That was an old show, right? Yeah, it's back. It's back. Oh, I it's remember back. that. I watched it the first time around. It was uh-huh. like the aughts or something. Yeah. Like it was a I'm while ago. I'm watching it now. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's that's going to be my dream job. But naming Little House episodes is okay. a close runner-up to that. Yeah, that sounds okay. great. I'm sure there's a big right, marker Jen. for that. We open on the Ingalls house and Carrie. <sighs> like, really? Not a good start. We're not off to a good start. <laughs> Mary brings Carolyn outside and shows her a homemade banner made from construction paper, which I tried to find out. Was construction paper a thing? No, I feel like it would have been painted. I don't think construction paper was a thing. It looked like colored construction paper. Maybe it was fabric. Could it have been fabric? Mm, it didn't look that they way. They don't. They too. never have this many colors. This was bought a phase. Do you remember we phase? Rewound, yeah, I remember phase. We rewound it twice, and it was definitely construction paper. Yeah, this was this was suspect. It says "Happy Anniversary, Ma and Pa," and Caroline loves it. Inside, Carrie's being annoying as fuck as she tips over a vase, spilling water onto Laura's beautifully set table. Because, of course, the little sister wrecks shit. They wreck everything. And, of course, the big sister shows no patience and is just like, get the fuck out of here. Laura is a middle sister. A middle sister is just a lesser degree of a little sister. I guess. The girls then complain they are hungry, and I guess they're all waiting for Pa. Okay, now we cut to Pa (sighs) smoking hot in his jacket. He's, like, wrestling a team out into the field. I'm, like, all about this. I just have, what in God's name is this plan? Has he ever taken a physics class? <laughs> He's trying to get his horses to pull a wagon, which has a broken wheel. He's trying to get it, like, out of, like, use I know. them as a jack. I know, but he has, it up. but he has the rope so high and far. Like, there had to be a better way to do this. Like, there, no. he's lost so much He's leverage. got a pulley and lever system yeah, going. Crazy. I don't know. Like, why doesn't Aim, why doesn't he just pack up the team and walk home? (laughs) But, Jen, it's not working. And at home, now this is weird, because at home, like, now it's dark, and they're realizing he's not coming home. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what did people do back then? Not that, they just just waited. Oh, he might be dead. (laughs) They just waited till something happened, yeah. Because he might be dead. He might be dead. They don't know. The odds back then were that he could very well be dead. But I also think that it probably wasn't, it's not like you could call people and say, I'm going to be late. So it probably wasn't uncommon that people wouldn't arrive on time to things and couldn't let you know. Yeah, but like hours later? I mean, it probably happened all the time. They had unreliable roads. Like, yeah. All right. So Carolyn now has her first flashback because she's telling the girls like, this is not the first time your pa has kept me waiting. And they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? Well, so, well, yeah. And then Mary's like, Ma, tell us about the first time he kept you waiting. When was it love at first sight? No, Mary. Life is a disappointment. <laughs> Stop it. So she said Charles kept her waiting when she was only Laura's age. And they were living on the farm, uh, at the farm on the banks of the Oconomowoc River. Hope I said that right. One day, a wagon came up the road, and they ran outside to see who it was. Okay, so now we meet a young Lansford. I have an index card. Okay. I hope it's on the Ingles. It's on Nels Olson. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) Is this true? 
Did did Pa Ingalls move next door to Carolyn when they were children? Is that how they met? Uh, Yes, generally it's true. Charles was born in Cuba, New York, but moved to Campton Township, west of uh, Elgin, Illinois, as a young boy in the 1840s. Carolyn Lake Quinner, her middle name is Lake. Hmm. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Was born in Brookfield, Wisconsin in 1839. That's 15 miles west of Milwaukee. I believe it's a suburb of Milwaukee now. She was When she was five, her father died in a shipwreck. Oh. That's crazy, right? On Lake Michigan. Oh. He was a traitor. Trader, not traitor. He was a Benedict Arnold. <laughs> her mom had five kids and one on the way. The trading company, Native Americans, and community sustained the family until five years or so later, the mom remarried Frederick Holbrook. So that's who they... That's why she's Holbrook. Yeah. And then they moved um, to Concord in Jefferson County, Wisconsin. And that's where Charles and his family were. They they then moved, because they were like jumping all over the place in the Midwest there, and then they moved to there. And they met as children. But they didn't marry... Go ahead. They didn't marry until 1860. Uh, Carolyn was 21 and Charles was 24. And two other couples between the families married. Yeah, the brother and the sister. But there's another one. I don't know which one. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the younger sister and the older brother. Carolyn's younger Look, sister. I imagine you dated and married out of proximity. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that was yeah. it. Yep. So, Jenny, if you had to marry one of our neighborhood boys, who would it have uh, been? Uh, Jamie, Stephen, or Brian? I mean, I did date Brian, so it probably would have been him. God, would you have left me with Jamie? Yes. <laughs> you guys actually probably would have been a good pair. I love Jamie. Okay. All right. So we meet... Wait, 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 wait. I have one more thing. Oh, Jesus. Since we were talking about Carolyn's middle name, Lake, I, in this research, I came across all of their middle names. Do you know them? No, not at all. So Mary's middle name is Amelia. Oh, that's pretty. We know Laura's. It's Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Carrie's middle name is? Oh, God. So her no. first name is Caroline. Oh, okay. Like they, she's named after Caroline. Her middle name is Celestia. Oh, boy. And no comment. Charles' middle name is Philip. Ugh, hot. And it went, oh, the, the kid, uh, Charles Frederick was the young kid. Frederick mm-hmm. was named after her stepfather. Okay. And Grace's middle name is Pearl. Penelope's middle name is Pearl. Amy's one child's middle name is Pearl. Um, I want to just tell everyone I'm in. I'm currently in a little house group on Facebook. I'm in a bunch of them. Currently having a real heated discussion about how hot Charles okay. is. Okay, this is pointless okay. and stupid. All right. So, well, someone asked, how did they have quote adult time with the kids sleeping? And clearly, all them? clearly they figured it out. And I just said. Look, you move heaven and earth to have adult time with Charles Ingalls. <laughs> and everybody's chiming in like, I got you, girl. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jen. So now we meet a young Lansford and Laura Ingalls, and they meet Carolyn's family, the Holbrooks. Charles is played by Albert, and I'm not happy about it. You've already expressed your mm-hmm. distrust of that. I don't know what I expect them to do. Shrink Michael Landon down. Make or him hire boy. someone like they did for Carolyn. Yes. Miss Holbrook invites them in to have something to eat, and Charles and Carolyn hang behind and stare at each other awkwardly. And then Charles runs away because he's like nine, but I looked it up and the actor is actually 12. He crossed his eyes and ran away, and I said, now we see where Carrie comes from. Yeah, exactly. 
Now we see the Ingles setting up their farm, and Jen, now we see where Carolyn comes from, because mom I, comes over and brings them like, a know. bunch of baked goods. I know. I'm like, I guess her mom fed everyone, too. Yeah. And Caroline, who's 12. I have a question. Has, no, Caroline's got to be younger. If Charles is 12, she's got to be This is my question. So Caroline is supposed to be three years younger than Charles. That is not how these children look. No, right? she's not a nine-year-old. The actor is 12. Both of them are 12. Right, but he should be 15 or she yes. should be nine. Yes, yeah. He should be more appropriate like Peter's age. Well, but yeah. Peter should be old. Like, they screwed yes. this up. They're yeah. not the same age. No. Caroline has made homemade maple sugar candies. Remember Graham loved those? Yes. Charles refuses them, again, because he's super awkward. Charles' brother Peter then berates him, and he's all like, she likes you, you stupid moron. You're a dummy, a real dummy. I love the character of Peter. I love Peter. I love Peter. So go apologize. And after Charles apologizes to Caroline, he's like, oh, I told her that I'm a dummy. Peter goes, you just graduated from dummy to jackass. I love Peter. And then they start fighting. (laughs) They're great. They're great. All right, the family starts to leave, and Charles hides from them, and the mother tells Caroline he must like you because boys act like assholes when they like you. Well, I just said, is this the Waltons? Because they're all like, bye, Polly, bye, Charles, bye. Yeah, like, didn't they do, oh, they did good night. That was good night on night. the Waltons, right? Yeah. Back to the current timeline, and Ma's telling the girls they need to get ready for bed. Go get your nightgowns on. And then we see Charles... Trying to fix a wagon wheel in the dark, in the rain. Did you notice Carolyn's bright red shawl? So, like, suddenly there's all these, like, colored fabrics and papers? Yeah, Yeah, I don't know. Somebody probably should have did some research on that. (laughs) The girls are getting ready for bed, but they want to hear more about Pa and how he kept Caroline waiting. And then Caroline has this line where she says, Bows are an unpredictable lot at that age. Uh, At 12? Yeah. Well, they asked. They're children. They asked if... Pa was her first beau, and she says, I suppose you could say that. Why is that an unclear question? Why is it, like... I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Caroline says there was another boy at the time, Harold Watson. Loser. But she hates him. Like, she doesn't... Yep. He's not her beau. He just terrorizes her and assaults her. She said Harold's father was the school teacher and had it in for Charles. And Jen, now we see Boss Hog. <laughs> Is that really Boss Hog? Yes, it's Boss no, Hog. No, I knew he yeah. looked familiar. Oh, I'm immediately like, there's Boss oh Hog. Oh my God. Yeah. I couldn't, I, I'm like, he looks familiar, but I don't know who he is. And I Boss Hog has me so fucking pissed off at this point. Because he's like smacking a ruler and yelling and calls on Charles to, and, and, like calls on Charles, like, you're the new kid, introduce yourself. And Charles is like, I'm Charles Ingalls. Louder, clearer, art, articulate your words. Like, he is such an asshole. And it just... It brings up all the rage about teachers humiliating kids. Like, this was such a fucking thing. And it drives me crazy. Like, a whole generation of people are fucked up because teachers, male teachers, female teachers even, just felt that it was okay to humiliate you. Well, this guy's a coward who's going to take out his aggression and and his uh, insecurities on a child. Like, I want to see him do, like, confront a man who's going to kick his ass. Charles cannot say his name loud enough or clear enough. But then so when the he yells, dude, but then when he the, yells, that's not okay either. Yeah. The dude beats him. He's beating him. Yeah. It is unbelievable yeah. to me. Harold fucking Watson is terrorizing Charles and Charles dives at him and they fight. 
And Boss Hog comes out and breaks it up. And he starts paddling Charles right there again. Charles just got beat in the school, guys. In the school. I have to say something. Okay. Charles, Albert, whatever, (laughs) is not acting like the paddling hurts. No. But we know it hurts. But we know he's not a good actor, too. Yeah, it hurts, guys. If you want to see a good paddling, painful paddling, watch Dead Poet Society. They do it well there. Okay. Like, the dude is flinching with every It hurts. That's what you should be doing. This is an adult male, ten times your size, hitting you with the paddle. this guy's not ten times your size. This guy's, like, four times his size. He's a big dude. All right. So he's yelling about Charles' deportment, which is just... Again, an old-timey word for behavior. Right. Charles goes running home. Peter and Charles are walking home. And Jen, Charles goes, I'll race you home. Or Peter said that, I'll race you home. Do you remember that when you used to do that with people? No. Like, I'll race you. No. I'll race you across the street. Like, why were we in such a hurry? Why were we always (laughs) racing people? So Charles and Peter come across Caroline screaming no. And Harold Watson, like, has hands on her. He's assaulting her. And, Jem, what happens? Charles kicks his butt, or threatens to kick his butt. Um, Charles flies in a hero mode. Oh, that's right, he does. Yeah. Throws like his Like mini hero down. mode. <laughs> so they're in some kind of alter- altercation, and Carolyn's screaming, No, you can't carry my books! Yeah. He's trying to grab her books. He's, like, oh. forcing chivalry on her or something. <laughs> no. So, um, and Timmy was watching this with me, and when Charles flew into hero mode, he goes... That kid needs some creek justice. <laughs> yes, he does. So they trade they trade barbs, which is kind of weird. Like um, Charles goes, or Harold go, Harold goes, my paw has you pegged right, and Charles goes, your paw's full of applesauce. I don't even know what that means. I'm going to use that from now on. Okay. Okay. And then Charles goes. Are you going to leave or do I come ramming and thumping? Yeah. And he lifts his hands that? up. It's super weird. It's just badly written. It's bad. It's, bad it's badly acted. acted. It's really badly acted. Harold Watson runs away and Caroline thanks him for helping her. And he's like, I wasn't helping you. I was just finishing what we started at school. Yeah. And then he runs away. Slick, dude. Slick. Peter starts teasing him that they have a, he has a girlfriend. They start fighting again. <laughs> They just are always beating each other. <laughs> now, Jen, we hear Charles playing his fiddle. Yes, we do. And Caroline is sneaking around the outside of the house watching. Peter catches her. Not Peter, dude. And threatens to shoot her. <laughs> this guy. He drags her in the house. He's like, get the gun. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Laura, his mother, invites Caroline to stay for Jen. Homemade donuts. Wow. Nice. Could you imagine how good they probably are? Oh my are? god, they're probably amazing. Oh my god. Fresh donuts and milk and says Charles will walk her home after. Alright. So now we have the walk home and he tells her he's been playing since he's five, the fiddle since he's five years old. And she's like, you should play at school. He's like, no way. Mr. Watson is a dick bag. <laughs> and Carolyn says she hates Watson and then she invites him to the berry festival. Well, they're talking though about like, what would you do to Watson? I'm like, are they planning to attack their teacher? <laughs> yeah, and Charles is like, I'll get him. I'll get him. <laughs> and Don't he does. Work. 
So, Jenny, tell everybody what Carolyn tells Charles about the Berry Festival. So what I, happens at the Berry Festival? So, I guess women, of course, have to cook food. And they make a lunch. And then they decide. They make a pact with some boy that I'll put a secret signal on our lunch so you know it's our lunch. And then they eat said lunch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then Carolyn says, memorize this yellow ribbon. <laughs> So Carolyn says she's going to put the gold ribbon. It's gold. All right, fine. It's gold. Around the lunch so he knows it's for him. Memorize okay. it. Look carefully at it. Now they're at school and Charles is getting beat again. And I wrote, why is no one doing anything this guy about is an this, abuser. this motherfucker? He is an abuser. <sighs> then we see Watson going out to the outhouse and Charles is wrapping it with a rope. <laughs> Good on you, Charles. I love this. So he wraps Watson, like, in the outhouse. But then, Jen, he commits a grave error. And he what runs in he front do? of it past the window. He runs in front of it past the window. So, Sorry. of course, Watson sees him run away. He would, To be fair, he would have gotten blamed for it anyway. And I think he kind of wanted Watson to see that he did it. <laughs> I thought he was going to tip it over. Oh, that would have been a baller move. Which would make it epic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Watson sees Charles running away, and he's like, I promise you will suffer for this. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, so now we see Lansford. Jen, Lansford is a famous soap opera actor. He oh, really? On, yeah, he was on one of them that I didn't watch. But he looked familiar to me. I'm like, I've seen this guy before. Mm -hmm. So Lansford, did you think he was cute? He was all right. He looks nothing like old man Lansford. I know. Like, that did not work. That did not transition. Old man Lansford that. was handsome. This guy, not so much. Okay. So, he has to age 20 years, and that'll be interesting. So, now we see Lansford and the family getting ready. They're getting into the wagon. They're going to the Berry Festival. But here comes Dickbag Watson. What happens next is enraging to me. Do you have to go to the rage corner? Yes. <laughs> All right, I'm in the rage corner. I'm reporting from the rage <laughs> corner. Okay, get ready, guys, because you're gonna be. In Wait, I have me. a I have a technical question. Can I hear you when you're in the rage? Like, can I? Yeah, talk you're to coming you? in with me on this. Oh, one. I'm in the rage corner. Yes, okay. we are now in the rage All corner. All right. Okay, Watson tells Lansford what Charles has done, and Lansford takes off his fucking belt and gives it to Dickbag Watson to beat his child. <sighs> What, what would Timmy do in this situation? Would he take off his belt and beat Watson with it? Yes, across the <laughs> face. Jenny, first of all, first of all, there are many people out there listening, probably, who've been hit with belts as kids. It was a thing. Yeah. It still is a thing, I'm sure, in many homes. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Not a fan. It's but corporal to, punishment. But to take your belt off and give it to someone else... To beat to your child. To beat your child in front of you. I would go bananas on this motherfucker. I would <laughs> If you were the him, mother, like, like... I would put him through a fence post. Like, if I were that mother on that wagon watching this, <laughs> I would be like, wait a minute here. What the fuck <laughs> is happening? Oh, my the God. The mothers had no, no say in anything. They had no say. You're right. Even though they did absolutely everything. With, so, when it came to the children. Yeah. Lansford, okay, so out of the rage corner. 
Let's go back to the scene. So Lansford says Charles will not repeat this bad behavior, but that dick bag better not repeat the provocation. Right. That's correct. Peter has told Lansford all about what's been going on. Charles never said anything. Mm-hmm. It was Peter. Mm-hmm. He was a good big brother in this mm-hmm. instance. Although, why didn't he do anything I about mean, this? it's a school thing, right? Yeah, he should have done something. Lansford then says, I will kill you, motherfucker, if you lay a finger on my son again without provocation. Good, good. So basically what he's saying is, you know, if Charles does something wrong, you have every right to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, that's true. That's what he said. But if he doesn't, yeah. do not beat him. Well, and, and Which, that's the problem is, like, what what is the wrong thing? Exactly. Like, not saying his name loud enough? Exactly. Because Dickbag just... Makes per- shit up. Like, invents yeah. provocation. Yeah. Yep. So Lansford then grounds Charles from going to the Berry Festival. Lansford, I have my eye on you. Did you notice like, Lansford? You are on my list, buddy. Did you notice Lansford kind of did a good day, Mr. Watson? Yes, he did. He did. He pulled a Wonka. <laughs> mm-hmm. For those of you who are new to our podcast, Jenny has never seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. And I guess you have to remind me of that every week for some reason. And she doesn't understand condescending Wonka like she doesn't get that meme which is so perfect so um we have to make her watch that at some point whatever okay like I had to sit through war games okay back in the current timeline Caroline says she waited and waited but she can't tell them the rest Jen because they need to go to bed can we discuss that Charles is grounded though can we go back a second Charles is grounded and I would like to tell a story about when Amy broke out of her grounding, do you remember this? You were young. Yes, I do remember. I we, do. We lived on North Lincoln Avenue. We lived in an I apartment building. I remember the exact phrase I said, too. We were, Go ahead. I don't know if I remember the exact phrase. I might. I do. We lived in an apartment building, and I don't know what we did, but we got grounded. And I think it was, only I got grounded. No, I think both of us, because I would have been outside. If You were outside. No, I wasn't. We both oh. got grounded. Okay. And it was the summer, and we had all our windows open, and, and we lived in a railroad apartment, so all the windows were, like, on the same side of the house, and they overlooked the the yard. And we lived in an apartment building with a bunch of kids, and we were outside. I don't know. Somehow we got grounded. God knows what we did. We were probably fighting. We were probably fighting. And I'm in my bedroom, like, just sitting by the window, looking outside, probably, like, pining to be outside. I don't know what I was doing. And, probably, like, solving a math equation or something. And Amy some wanted algebra. to sneak outside. And I'm like, we're grounded. We can't sneak outside. So then Amy disappears. And she wanted me to put her shoes on because she was too young to put on her own shoes, to tie her own (laughs) shoes. That's how young she was. So she couldn't tie her own shoes and I refused to do it. So she disappears. The next thing I know, I hear Amy outside in the yard. Hey, guys. I forget what you said. That's what I said. I said, hey, guys. And I waved to them and then mom was like. And and I hear Amy outside and she's wearing her bedroom slippers. (laughs) <laughs> and you thought I told on you, but mom was sitting on the phone by the window. She was. Of and she she, was. she hurt you. And all I hear is mom on the phone go, I gotta go. <laughs> she goes out and gets Amy. Yeah. Real slick. Real yeah, slick. Real slick. Um, guys, come at me if your mom was always on the phone. Oh, God, our mom was always on the phone. Like, was that a thing? I can remember always just the phone cord being stretched across the living room. Always. Yeah, all the time. Yep. Our mom was always on the phone. Who the fuck was she talking to? I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, Jenny, I remembered it differently. I thought I was grounded and you were out there. Already. No, I wasn't. I was, okay. I was, because you blame me for telling on you. And I was like, I was. You probably did. No, mom was sitting right there, like <laughs> at the window. Remember, she used to sit in the chair at the, at the dining room table. It was right next to the window. Yeah. I and I heard really you young. in the bedroom and you were, you would have been really close to her window. I had to be really young. You, you we couldn't tie your shoes there when I was seven. You couldn't tie your shoes. That's how young yeah. you were. Wow! I mean, I you, you could have been eight. You could have been eight, but you couldn't tie your shoes. No, we moved from there when I was. I was nine. When did we move to December our house? when I was nine? So you would have been. Um, I was six, six and a half. You would have been six. Yeah, so I was very young when that happened. Yeah. Wow, I was breaking the law pretty early. What a dumbass. Then I grew up into a life of teenage shoplifting. <laughs> and then abandoned us. That was so funny, though, because Mom's like, I gotta go. <laughs> I remember one time I got grounded, and we didn't get grounded a lot. We, I, I, I used to get grounded a lot. I got grounded for something, like, real serious. Like, I used to lie all the time and say I was going to a friend's house, and I'd be at a boy's house. And Mom caught me. And I got grounded, like, the type of grounding that you have to accompany your mother to her doctor's appointment because she won't even leave you at the house. (laughs) She took me to the grocery store, the bank, her doctor's appointment. Like, she, it was like I was in prison. (laughs) She would not leave my, like, I could not leave her sight. (sighs) And I think that was the grounding that kind of changed everything for me, made me smarten up a little bit, get a little smarter with my techniques. Yeah. All right, Jen, so... Back in the current timeline, Caroline's telling the kids, like, we waited and waited, but I can't tell you the rest, so you have to wait because you have to go to bed. Yep. Outside, it's storming, and they're all hoping Charles finds shelter. Like, they're all super worried about him. And he's pissed. Oh, he's... Later in the night, we see Laura come downstairs, and she crawls into bed with Caroline. And she's like, can you please tell me the rest of the story? Because Laura has to know the Caroline's business. She cannot <laughs> Laura... rest. Laura needs, she is the storyteller. She is the keeper of the family history. She's the preserver of beautiful stories. And she needs to know this one so it can go in the fucking book. She cannot rest until she knows the story. Mm -hmm. So Caroline picks it back up. We see them leaving school, little, little Charles and little Caroline. And Charles is chasing after Caroline. He apologizes for missing the festival and she's pissed. She says she knows what he did. Because he's like, I need to tell you what I did. I need to tell you what happened. She's like, oh, I know what you did. And my parents are not happy about it. Then she says, I shared our lunch with Harold Watson. Damn. And then instead instead of giving him a minute or two to like suffer to process yeah. that, she immediately is like, no, I didn't. I'm just kidding. Wow. Big holdout, Carolyn. Then Charles gives her a gift. It's a necklace. He made it. Of course he did. Does he he's amazing jewelry now? 12. Jesus. It's made from seeds. And, no, okay, it's not. Now this is it was weird. bought at a drugstore, like the sign. This is weird. Like, there's no clasp on it. It's like a loop necklace yeah. that you just put on. She puts it on, and she's like, can you help me I with know. this? I know. What was that? What that was so fake. What did she help with? So Charles that was so just, fake. like, lifts her braid up and puts it back down. That was so fake. Like, wow, damsel in distress. Okay. He tells her the necklace, I have lusk, I think that's supposed to be looks, pretty on her and they hold hands. And later they're walking home and Caroline says, this is the first gift a boy ever gave me. Then she asks if he's going the hanging dance. There's a lot going on. This town has a lot of shit going on. Yeah. 
So, Jen, the haying dance is a barn dance after all the farmers help each other with the haying. Uh, is this a commune they're on? Like, I don't know, but I feel like this is something that would happen up here. Okay. <laughs> Everybody would hay, and then they'd all go to the bar. Really? Like, this is something that would happen Is up there here. a lot of haying going on up there? There's a lot of haying going on up here. We have the fields next to us, and then the farmer's fields over there all get hayed. Okay. So, like, it's not good for my allergies. Okay. So... She she says Harold Watson asked her to go, but she told him she's going someone else. And he's like, who? And she's like, you're a dumbass. Like, I'm going with you. Can I just it. say that I'm not buying that this kid turned into Charles Ingalls? Me either, Jenny. Me either. <laughs> and that he was so abused as a child. No, that he was just so weird. And like, like yeah. I just feel like he would be broken. He'd be carrying the scars of that abuse. Well, I mean, hopefully that was only a very short stint and... Then that was over. I, I, just to go back to this, like, I can't imagine the damage that teachers like that I caused. Know. Oh my God, yeah. Like, we saw it in our generation. Like, there were kids in my class that, like, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy, like, they were dubbed the bad kids. Yeah. And yep. teachers just treated them like shit. And guess what? Surprise, surprise, they grew up to be bad kids and bad adults. Yep. Like, they grew up and had addiction problems. They dropped out of school. Like... I want to go back in time and beat the fuck out of this motherfucker. And all that probably happened because of this treatment. Like, not... Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, imagine, Jenny... Oh, I know I'm harping on this, but imagine going to school and not feeling safe. No, I can't... Well, I mean, everyone feels that way now for different reasons, but I yes, can't... Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I can't imagine. A hundred percent. But imagine if the threat were coming from your teacher. That's, I can't even imagine. Yeah. It's like you... You just... You learn not to trust adults. You learn not to trust authority. Yeah. Like, it's yep. it's so bad. It's so bad. So Charles runs home and tells Peter he's upset because he doesn't know how to dance. And Peter calls him stupid. <laughs> and then, like, Peter's trying to teach him how to dance without touching him. Because, God forbid, they touch each other with an ounce <laughs> of anything but, you know, anger. <laughs> so they start dancing and it's really cute. At the haying dance, we see mostly adults dancing around. Like, I don't see a lot of kids at this dance. Okay. And then there's Caroline, and his fa- Charles' family shows up, but she's like, where's Charles? And the mother's like, oh, he'll be along. He couldn't get his hair right. So Charles is on feathering his hair. <laughs> yes. So he's running late. So Harold Watson then swaggers in. This kid's got a fucking swagger. Did you notice? Yeah. He swaggers in and he tells Caroline, Charles isn't coming. I saw him and he said he's not coming. Don't buy it, Caroline. Don't buy it. He's she lying. buys it, Jen. She oh, buys it. Look, line and sinker. She buys it. And she leaves and she runs home and she throws some sort of a fit. Now, there was a lantern really nearby, this fit that she was oh, throwing. No. And I was like, are we going to have a fire in the house? Didn't she break her necklace, dude? Well, that was my question. I must have missed that. I missed that, that too, but they, they mentioned talk about it. it later. Yeah. She must have ripped off the necklace. Yeah, I missed that. Okay. So Charles shows up and he's all beat up. He was jumped by Harold and his friend. Jane, do you remember getting jumped? I, yeah. Yeah, I do. Like, that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. That was um, a thing. People got they, jumped. Did these kids grow up in Deadwood? Like, this town is rough. <laughs> like, you're 12, you're getting assaulted, you're getting beaten, you're getting jumped. Like, I know. holy shit. I know. So then Charles runs to Caroline's house and begs her to open the door. 
Charles has bright red lipstick on and really bad eye makeup. And I said he looks like Liza Minnelli. He does have bright red lipstick on. (laughs) Carolyn will not open the door and he begs her. And then she relents Jen and she opens the door. And I wrote, best decision of her life. But you missed a part. Did you see where his older brother Peter lured the two kids? Yep. Into the yep. room because he's yep. going to kick their ass. Oh, yeah, I have that. Sorry. Peter goes over to Harold and invites him outside to see something. Yeah. Guys, <laughs> PSA, do not go outside somewhere with someone's brother of whom you've just kicked their ass. <laughs> yes, like, what idiots. <laughs> they, got, they deserve that kind of wow. for being that dumb. Okay. So Carolyn and Charles have their own little dance on the porch of her house, and it's really cute. It's cute. Okay. Back in the current timeline, Laura asks about the beads, and Caroline says she restrung them and never told Pa. And then she pulls them out and she shows Laura because she and, still has And they them. remind her to never make a hasty judgment about Charles. Who would make a hasty judgment about that saucy minx is my question. I have to say that that actress looked like she could grow up to be Caroline. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not crazy. They yeah. actually did a good casting job for she- once. And if you look up her, she appears later as another character, too. Of course. But she... Or no, she was in season three as a different character. At least... Oh, I remember her. She was... No, we didn't watch the episode. Sure? It was the music box. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, she... I remember seeing her, though, but yeah, we probably didn't cover that yeah. episode. But I remember mm-hmm. her in another thing. It was... Yeah. I feel like she was abused or something bad happened to her. I don't know. Nellie started. There was something. We should have watched. Oh, it she had a stutter. She had a stutter. Nellie like like made fun of her or something. We should have watched it because Nellie starts like a club. That's what it is. She had she had a stutter and Nellie made fun mm-hmm. of her. Yeah, that's it. The Mimi's will correct you on that. I think that's it. I'm confident, Stacy. Um, <laughs> but please she, correct Jenny. But she, um, yeah, that's what I. It was something like that. I remember that episode. Doesn't Jenny Wilder have the stutter? That's much. That's Shannon Doherty, and that's much later. Right? Didn't she I don't think she has a stutter. No. no. Oh, Charles, doesn't he have blue eyes or light eyes? Timmy brought this up, and and, and <laughs> Albert has charcoal black eyes. He does. Remember, that's Graham's color eye. Graham had yeah, like black. I have eyes. dark eyes too. Yeah, I don't. I have more of the amber color. That's why I'm sensitive to the sunlight. I have to wear sunglasses. It's, well, like, supposedly, I sunglasses it's supposedly it's the other way around. Supposedly it's the other way around. No, I'm super sensitive. Supposedly light eyes are supposed to be more sensitive. Well, science is wrong. Okay, well, that's usually your point of view, so. So, just then, Jen, Laura has dozed off in the middle of the story, and she misses the best part, which is the wagon pulling up. Yep. And Carolyn does the classic run out of the house, throw herself at him. And Charles is like, why are you awake? Why are you outside in the storm? Charles hugs her and he says, you know, he tells her what happened. And then he's like, I got you something special. She's like, you did? You remembered? Um, There's literally a sign hanging behind I her. Know, I know. I know. <laughs> he says he got her the spice she asked for. And she's like super disappointed. She's like, well, yeah, I did. I Thanks. did ask for this spice. Thanks, Thanks, Charles. Jen, what do you think the spice is? Saffron. That would be fancy. Anise? I don't know. Um, so then he's like, Carolyn, wait a minute. And he whips out a necklace. A string of pearls, which is not inexpensive at that time. Like, I got something for a very special lady on a very special day. They could have done better with that dialogue, I feel like. 
And they wish each other happy anniversary and they kiss. And then she asks him to dance and they do. And I wrote, this made my day. Oh my God. Okay. Watching the two of them dancing, I was like Can, can we stop it. hearing about it now? And he still can't dance, but that's okay. Because he's amazing in every other way. Okay. Can we agree on that? All right, Jenny. So whose fault is this? This is 100% the team's fault. <laughs> They somehow got this wagon into a rut. Like, why can't they just stay on the fucking road, man? That's not Pat and Patty. Just stay on the road. Right. Pat and Patty would have done this properly. They would have done okay. Um, I'm going to say this is Edward's fault. Because if Edwards was with Charles on that trip, which he would have been. This wouldn't have happened. This wouldn't have happened. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yep. And Charles would have been home to sit at his beautifully set table by Laura. And to eat all the pies that Carolyn gives him. So is it Edward's fault or is it Michael Landon's fault for driving Victor Mm-mm. French away? <laughs> it's not. In in their in their big uh, tuff, it's Mr. Tussle. Edward's fault for being all lusty about gold and heading out to the gold rush. Maybe he just needed to get out of Walnut Grove because maybe he just needed a saloon. Maybe it's yeah, like maybe it's like Reverend Alden's fault or Hanson's fault or whoever is denying Walnut Grove a saloon. I feel like it's Harriet. Probably. I feel like everyone else would have just put a saloon in. All right, Jenny. So at the end of every episode, Jenny and I look back and talk about a theme or a lesson or some kind of scar that we took from the episode that may have impacted us or our generation in in, in a certain way. Has us feeling some type of way. <laughs> we call it our why, and it's designed to finish the sentence, Gen X, this is why. So, Jenny, what is your why for this episode? Again, this is why... We thought we would marry the first person we fell in love with. Sorry, had a childhood crush on. And, like, run off and let, and live happily ever after. And that is such bullshit and crazy stuff. And why were we fed these lies? Yeah, we really we really believed that. Like, there was something like that, romantic about marrying your that childhood That could happen, sweetheart. right? That, sure. that has happened yes. for a lot of people. Yeah. Like, a lot of people marry their high school sweetheart, childhood mm-hmm. sweetheart, Probably not as many, but it happens. But that is the rare, 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 rare exception. Yes. And I think that a lot of people are like in our like in our generation, you know, we're like, I'm twenty three and that hasn't happened. Like what's wrong with me? Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that I think also our generation it took us a while to come into for those of us who were who this this type of life doesn't necessarily make make you happy right like Mm -hmm. we were fed this you should get married you should have kids like we also were you should go to college you should have basically our generation was told women could could do it all and And should should do do it all all, right Mm -hmm. like and that that was what we were sold and i think it took those of us who don't aren't happy with that regular you know with that scenario and a lot of people are and that's great but it took us a long time to deprogram that and to realize, like, it's okay to not want to have a family. It's okay to not want to get married. It's okay yeah. to, you know, want to live a different type of life. Like, that is all okay. But I think it took us a long time to come into that and to shake some of this programming. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, like, there was this romanticism around mm-hmm. finding your soulmate in high school. And there still is. The whole soulmate thing. That word needs to leave our vernacular. Yep. There still is that romanticism, and it's 
I don't know, maybe it's because we grew up with parents who met in high school and it, you know, eventually but, but felt that... miserably. <laughs> um, because, guys, like, it's just, you're if you and your spouse have been together since high school and you are thriving now, right. and I know people like that, yeah, yep. you're the exception. You're the exception to the, the rule. rule. Yep. Because totally. it is super hard to grow together. Yeah, because, the, I mean, I think about the person I was when I was like 16, 17, like, I am... I don't even recognize that person. I wouldn't even know that person on the streets. Like, I've I changed so much. I think about the person I was when I was 30, and yeah, I've changed true. so much. Yeah, that's true. It's super hard to keep it together. Well, and there's also long. this concept of, and you know how I feel about this, this concept of there's one person for everyone. Like, I just, I can't. Yeah. It's I still can't. kind of proximity, guys. <laughs> Although, I think dating apps have changed all of that. Yeah. Um. I'm going to be real super honest with you. I don't think I could ever date in a world of dating apps. No, you couldn't. I couldn't because I'm not like, I'm not somebody who does well. Like people don't window shop for people who look like me. Uh, well, that's not why I think that. No, I don't come off as an awesome package. No, like, you but that's not why I think that. I to think... warm up to me a little bit. That's not why I think you wouldn't do well. I think that you wouldn't be able to handle kind of the... The coldness of it, in a way, a hundred. Like, like there's a layer of 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 insensitivity about it. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Like where you're, 100%. you're, you are shopping around, and like that yes. is that is understood. And right? I don't do like, well with that. Yeah, like I, I know just that's why I, I think you wouldn't do well with it. I think you would do fine with with get, uh, attracting interest, but I think that you would. You would have you be. I think you would. I think you'd be. But fine. here's but the thing. Here's the thing. You would not I be able am, to deal with that. Like. They're talking to you, then they're talking to these 10 other people, then they're If meeting. I put a picture of myself on Tinder, is that one of them? That's one of them. And somebody was like, ooh, I want to date you. I would be immediately turned off by their shallowness. <laughs> so it would not work. Well, that's all, the whole thing is built on that. Yes. No. Yeah. No, yeah. it would not work. I really feel like uh, Timmy is my paw. And that's it. Like, but, it's it's, but not even though happening. you and Timmy knew each other when you were kids, though, it took you a long time. And and going out with other people, and being married to other people, and going on these journeys to yeah. then come back together. Like, if you had been together the whole time, I don't think it would have worked. Well, and Timmy and I, when we knew each other in elementary school, we never dated. Right, 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 right. We right. were just friends. Right, you just knew each other. And then when we came back together, I was 29, yeah. we were just friends again. Yeah. And then it blossomed into something else. But you're right. We had to go out and be different yeah, people. Yeah, and, and change. And come back together. Absolutely. But I am somebody who's like, I just, I would survive five seconds in it's, the hookup it's a, culture. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And that's okay. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. I mean, there are services to be... To be fair, there's services that are more for that, and I think that's I think like Match.com start off like that. Like there's I couldn't even there's do that. dating services that are more for people who are looking for longer ter- term relationships, and as long as everyone's in that bucket, and that's the understanding that like I'm shopping around, but I want to find somebody to stay with. You know what I mean? I want to find the the person that's right for me. Versus like. I'm just making short-term connections, or or if I and if I happen to find one, someone, fine. But if not, how do you think if Charles died young, which we know he doesn't, but if he died young, how do you think Caroline ever fucking tops that? Ever. I mean, the thing I like is possibility. Like I'm attracted to possibility. That's why it's tough to like lock down one thing because then you're like, as as great as this is, like. 
I don't know. I'm always like, what's the next thing? That's oh, just, God. I'm just like that naturally about everything. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's tough to, I don't know. But also it's, it's about like, you want different things at different times. Like it's, I do agree with that. I think that, I think the expectation that one person can be absolutely everything that you need in your life is unfair to that person. A. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I just think that that. I think for me that per- that single person that would be all those things is impossible. Like it's what is that person? Like so so you could build your life with all different people that that do different things yeah. that that are, you know, friends and yeah. and lovers and boyfriends whatever. and girlfriends and whatever whatever, you, whatever the occasion Podcast calls for. partner. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I I don't know. I just don't it was I know, tough Jen. to be we fed. We can't pin you down. We can't. It pin was you tough down. to be fed all this stuff and and to shake that that conditioning because mm-hmm. that's what you're taught you want. And then when you start to do those things and realize that's they make you unhappy, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. So my why, Jen, is this is why we need a little house prequel. All right. Can we stop imagine, this discussion? Imagine this. Imagine this. Charles and Carolyn's love story. I want to know the hardships they faced when growing up, striking out on their own, building their family. Yes, we have it. We have the source material. I'll tell you. Just make the fucking series. I'll tell you what. Why don't? I have more. I have more. Nels and Harriet. I mean, Harriet was once engaged to a preacher who she dumped because she couldn't tell if he loved God or not more than her. How great would that story be? How did Nels land Harriet? I want to know. Edwards. Let's see his story. Like, what was... Imagine what his upbringing was Oh, my was God. Like. I can't what imagine. What was his father like? His father was a bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to see his tragic backstory of him losing his wife and daughter. But, like, Reverend Alden, what kind of destruction has he left in his wake before coming to Walnut Grove? This could be an amazing story. Netflix, come closer. You know you want this. Call me. Why don't you, instead of reaching out to Netflix, why don't you reach out to Melissa Gilbert? Because that's the closest thing we have to Laura Ingalls. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. see if you can make this happen. Like, see if you can write this. I'm going to write this, motherfucker. Imagine we could cast uh, Melissa Gilbert as a, as Laura Ingalls, the grandmother. A young Laura Ingalls. I think she'd punch you for saying you're going like, to cast her as a grandmother. No, but she'd be young. The young grandmother. Yeah, like okay. Laura and Lansford when they were, okay. you know, 40 years old. Okay. okay. Melissa Gilbert could play it. Melissa Gilbert is not younger than 40 years old. No, okay? she's not. Let's just, no, she's yes. not. But so she's she, not like 70 either. But she's she like 50. Would, right. She could be Laura Ingalls, uh, Charles' uh, mother. You should ping her on Instagram and be like, I want to write this motherfucker. What do I do? And Charles would be like, what, 21, 22? We'd see him and Carolyn getting married. We'd see, you know, I want to know what was I think Mary the whole like thing, as an annoying fucking toddler. I think the whole thing's going to break down when you have to cast Charles Ingalls. <laughs> so. No, I could do it. Jason Bateman. Done. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, Brad Pitt's too old. Okay. All right. We're done. George Clooney? We're done. Oh. <gasps> Harry Styles. No. Harry Styles. No, we already <laughs> talked about this. You leave Harry Styles out of this. Guys, come at us in the Mimi Bees, our Facebook group, and let us know who should play. Hey, you gotta, you gotta write a pilot and we gotta sell we gotta shop this around. So get get on it. <laughs> People them. want this story. Get on they it. Write a pilot. It. Write a pilot. They want it. Let's hear it. It's gotta be better though than than that episode that you wrote. 
That episode was amazing. It's got to be better than that. Though. And people, this come is twenty twenty first century television we're talking about now. Come at me if you want this. You know you do. Can we please just end this? Okay. I, have, I have to go to a meeting. Okay, so Jenny, tell us what's coming up next. Um, the next episode is episode seventeen. Be my friend. After finding a number of bottles containing messages and a photograph from a mysterious girl, Laura finds an abandoned baby. Oh, yes. (laughs) Laura takes the child in and cares for it as if it were her own, not knowing it belongs to a timid young woman with an abusive father. Mm, Of course it does. All right, guys. So thanks for listening and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. If you'd like to support our podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. To send us an email or connect with us on social, please visit us at genxthisiswhy.com. Thanks a lot for listening. We'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.